we're back. I'm James. This is the Good Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. And I'm James. Hey, James. Who are you going for in the college football championship game this week? Ohio State. Ah, it's a bummer, isn't it? I think I think the whole world was probably going for Ohio State, except Michigan fans and Alabama fans. But James, yeah. how how old are you? Seven. How many national championships does Nick Saban have? Like four, five, seven. Seven is seven national championships. Can you believe that? Oh, no, no, no. Nebraska's yeah. averaging one every other year for the last decade. <laughs> hey, James, what do you think? What do you think about James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets? Will he be able to uh, con- uh, distribute the ball well to Kevin Durant? He's going to the Nets. Just announced tonight. Yeah, you didn't know. So it's Kyrie, it's Harden, and it's uh, it's Durant. Uh, it's a big trade, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I hope they all learn to get along. Especially what if Russell Westbrook starts to goes to Brooklyn. If he decides to, that would be something. The Rockets, then who would? I mean, the Rockets are three and seven, three and six, three and eight. I don't know. You 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 know way more about NBA than I do. I just looked up Google today. You think that I can't remember that? No, I think it's good. I think that on the podcast right now, the ranking of NBA knowledge goes Luke, maybe James, Brent, Mike. That's probably pretty cool. Yeah, it, it could be a toss-up, <laughs> but I'm clearly the bottom. <laughs> you don't know anything. It's terrible. Um, so the school board voted, and you've got to go back to four days a week school. What do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be a riot, James. A riot? <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> anything else you want to tell the group? All right. I think we're good with James. <laughs> I got to say, how many basketballs do you think would need to be on the court at the same time if you had Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant on the court at the same time? And who is that fifth guy? Like, you're not even going to touch, like, get a rebound? Like, what are you going to do? The fifth guy could be me because then I'm <laughs> not passing the ball to him. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right, guys. Well, it's good to see you. Yeah. How's your 2020, 2021 been? <laughs> well, you know, I was going to say less crazy in 2020, but, you know, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Can't complain over here, uh, personally, I suppose. We'll, we'll keep it to the, the, you know, the local level. No, feel optimistic. It's interesting because we were just talking before we got on, uh, on the call. <clears throat> And it's like, I've now started like my optimism meter of like, is this season going to happen in the spring or not? The Nets just won today. The Nets won today. It's like creeping up a little bit. Like I've been convinced for a little while that it's never going to happen, but it's like the longer this goes without. The fifth guy would probably be DeAndre Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) The longer this goes without them opting out, it's like, hmm, maybe this is going to happen. But more on that in a little bit, right? So before we get before we get rolling here, though, uh, we had a we had a pretty big Twitter outpouring today. So our you know the fans are uh, curi- are are just uh, in need of great GFP content, and so it was agreed upon that we will actually open with one fan question. And this comes from loyal listener at Father Fur Fifty Two. Also, Lakers won today. 
<laughs> and uh, Brandon asked, what is the dumbest thing Luke ever got in trouble for while attending Shelby public schools? There were some great answers to that. Not all of them were on the public Twitter feed, but people who <laughs> knew Luke, you know. Oh my God, I don't, <laughs> I have, you guys have to show me these. <laughs> so I do have one that says, you need to have him tell the story about he, for some reason, had the whole shipment of the new Lord of the Rings trilogy books for English lit in his car, and then his car somehow ends up stolen, so he didn't have to do it in class for like two months. It was awesome. I have heard this story. <laughs> okay, I we can share that story. I think the better story is during the, the summer before I was 18, before I was a senior, the school was doing a bunch of renovation on the like main office area. And I was in the school, like lifting weights in the summer. And like the building was essentially unattended to like some teacher opened up the weight room and went to their classroom, but the renovations of the main office just left it like bare and vacant. So I just was just went in there and was like rifling around and seeing what, the hell was in the drawers and I found all the locker combinations and so I I took I made photocopies of them and like didn't know really what I was going to do with these but later in the year like once the year started I started stealing all the Macbeth books like we were reading Macbeth in like our senior English class and just like one by one like every day I'd I'd grab one and pretty soon we didn't have enough Macbeth books to like read in class and the teacher was getting really angry well, there was a student who wasn't really a great student I mean he's a smart guy he's got a great job like today um, but he wasn't ever going to his locker and we kind of knew it so I planted all the books in his locker and I sort of let it slip to an office aide that I thought I saw all these books in this kid's locker and sure as shit, this like girl goes like straight to the office and like tells the secretary who tells the principal that all these like missing Macbeth books were <laughs> in this kid's locker. And uh, he gets like in a little bit of trouble and totally framed him. So, so you know what we've learned from this little story you just told us is that there's more than one incident from Luke's high school years of him somehow hiding a novel that the class was supposed to read because the Twitter question had to do with the Lord of the Rings trilogy <laughs> and how they were in your car. <laughs> I was the victim there, Mike. <laughs> my car got stolen. My, so my mom's a, the Toole County librarian. And, and a great I, lady. Wonderful lady. <laughs> so she... Uh, me and some friends convinced the senior English teacher to buy like the like copies of the trilogy for everybody and we were going to read it and we were like you know listen miss pepperock like you know we we don't read this is not our thing but we all love the lord of the rings it was super popular so she agreed to like spend a huge portion of her like small annual budget to like buy these books and part of the deal I negotiated with this lady was my mom would like wrap them for free like cover them like so like the school buys the tape my mom does the labor and so like the night that the books came in I put them in the back of my car 
And that night my car was stolen by some like meth addict. And I was the victim, Mike. Okay. And he dumped the books somewhere in between here and like Salem, Oregon, where they picked him up in my car uh, and arrested him. And he paid like restitution for like eight years out of prison. But anyway, Mike, I was the victim <laughs> in that situation. So, uh, yeah, I think you right. should sorry for me. <laughs> We're off and running. <laughs> sorry, that's too much about my high school career. Oh, I like it. So question for you guys. Um, so we don't do pods quite as regularly when there's not football season as maybe some of the other big sky conference podcasts right yeah but we clearly have a much better twitter follow and better interactions uh point in case you know we posted the questions today and we got lots of interactions so do you think that it's a factor of the three of us being fantastic at this or just that grizz fans are starved for content I'll go both. <laughs> they gave me star for content. Look at what Coulter has been like tirelessly doing for Grizz Nation. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, I think it's James. They don't have a James. That's that's quality too. Good Do point. you think we're going to get harassed because we didn't have a guest this week? <laughs> Tough to say. We I might. Mean, we, we, you know, we we we've set the bar high. We- <laughs> We have we have guests waiting in line to get on the the GFP. Yeah, we won't just <laughs> let just anyone join yeah. us. So gotta earn it. It is funny because we definitely do have guests lined up, but we chose to call none of them this week. <laughs> it's we just very, Brent, Luke, Mike. <laughs> we have a very strict security process at the GFP. Um, okay. Well, the reality is that. Luke is really chafing at the uh, metal detectors he needs to walk through to come into the studio. So we're working through that. <laughs> I have a I have a hypothetical I want to throw out at you guys. Here's a here's a fan question for me. Of the three of us, who represents Kyrie, Harden, and KD? Like which one's which? Ooh. You guys, I, I'm the worst equipped to answer this question, so I don't know what that means. We should oh, put I, out to Twitter. Luke, I like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Definitely put it out to Twitter. Brent, you should put it out now and see if uh, you start, we start getting any reactions. That's a, that's a good question, Luke. I'm going to, like, just shooting from the hip, I would say, oh, Kyrie's like a flat earther, isn't he? Like, he's, like, out there, like – but didn't he apologize for it? Didn't he like backtrack that months later? Like, I didn't know. I can't remember. I, I know there was something he was like on a Zoom call for like a community forum when a game was starting like yesterday or the day before or something. So um, I don't know what that was about, but yeah, that's okay. All right. It's going up on Twitter right now. We'll update at the end of the show. Um, oh, Mike, here's a fun piece of news. We have a new strength and conditioning coach for football. We do. And, you know, for loyal listeners of the pod, we laid Easter eggs about this guy a couple of years ago. 
Um, because he, I think that his first mentor at UM was Luke. Uh, what would um, what would Doctor Ken Weld call us? The local <laughs> parenti. Remember, like the last parent. <laughs> oh Lord! I was I was Coach Dan Ryan's last parent. That's what I like. My claim to fame. I was I was Dan Ryan's RA. His freshman year, he lived in Miller Hall when Luke and I worked together. Yeah, Mike was the the head resident of Miller Hall, and we were all Mike and I were on the first floor, and Dan from Big Timber was one of my residents, and that was a terrific floor uh, of guys. I still stay in touch with quite a few of them, um, and Dan crafted himself into quite the strength and conditioning coach um, after Matt Nicholson. Uh, moved on. Uh, Coach Bobby Houck reached out, out and rescued Dan from Idaho State. <laughs> rescued <laughs> because they were working together. I mean, he, he he obviously he was some sort of student volunteer coach here, but then he was a grad assistant at UNLV with Houck, right? That's right. And then he went eventually ended up at Idaho State and was the strength and conditioning coach there for the last three years. I think that's right. Yeah, wow. which, you know, fantasy was the tie there as well. So it's like, you know, the coaching circle is always a little bit nepotistic, but uh, um, excited to kind of see a Montana guy come back. And I will say, I've talked to a couple parents of players who said their 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 sons really liked him so far. They, they kind of think that he's a, a welcome change and kind of is working to find their, what drives each one of them individually. So, so far, good reports from him. Oh, nice. It's, really, it's <clears throat> wild to think in <clears throat> what we're going into Bobby's third season now. Uh, and this is the first coaching change and it's the strength and conditioning coach. We've had no coaching turnover otherwise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're going on. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. 40 years of collective coordinator experience. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's um, see. You know, before we kick into football, should we? Uh, I mean, the hoop season's in full swing. Should we uh, touch on a little bit of basketball? Yeah, and I want to apologize to you two because you guys are both on different text threads where my complete ignorant passion for uh, Grizz hoops is always on full display. Where I'm an avid fan who really isn't that intelligent about the game of basketball. Um, <laughs> But I feel like I'm justified in my frustration for the one and three start in conference play. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong at all. And I mean, it, it all, they almost made it 0 and 4 because they finished games in the exact same, all four conference games finished in the exact same fashion. It's crazy. Their three losses to open conference season were by combined total like four points. Yeah. And it's frustrating because it's like in all those games they lost. And in the North, Northern Colorado game, I was texting Brent and our friend Coulter, obviously with, you know, Skyline and ESPN, but um, I called it. I was like, they're winning by X number. It's like, just wait for the last five minutes. Like this script's going to play out and all four games it's played out. The difference is they got some shitty breaks in the three games they lost. And they finally got a break in the game. They won where they actually turned the ball over and Northern Colorado should have sealed it. But the guy tried to run up and down the baseline, which they can't do. So the Grizz got the ball back and phew, won a game, finally. 
<laughs> I hope this this way you choose to look at these events really informs our reader our listeners uh, answers to which of the three superstars we are. Um, <laughs> because I see it as we are so close to being four and up. Oh my God, we are. But the problem is we should be four and oh. Like <laughs> we're not Northern Arizona. Like we're building. We're Travis DeKeer, best coach in the Big Sky Conference. Like don't be so stubborn and win these motherfucking games. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Let's go. <clears throat> yeah, there's like this uh, moniker in sports about uh, the best teams win the 50-50 games, right? And like we're one and three in these like really tight uh, down to the wire games. So that's not good. But I like to think of especially like basketball season as in phases. Like you've got this early phase and the middle phase of the season and then you know, the conference tournament playoff phase. And I think you see in basketball a ton of development um, throughout the season. And especially that development is uh, is magnified if you've got new players and young players. And we have both. Both. I was going to say, I mean, for for a veteran team, I mean, we've got – was it four new starters? Like, I, you know, I, I complain because I'm an on-demand fan, but that's a lot to incorporate. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, that's why I think like early on, it's, it's probably a good sign that we are, you know, down to the wire in these early games when we haven't developed chemistry. I think throughout the mid season, you're going to see us win more of these down to the wire games. In fact, we might not even have that many. We could, yeah we could win these games, uh, these similarly situated games. That's a great point, Luke. Luke, It's like you learn how to win as a team. Yep, yep. I And so I'm optimistic. Like, I am buying UM stock at this point, even though it might feel like it's it's on a downturn. Well, Well, let's be clear. I am too. Brent, what do you think? Well, I was just going to say, you know, and it's like we've heard – we're talking about this. I mean, I think he talked about this with us on the last time we had him on GFP, you know, that Travis has a set system. And so, you know, we're four games into conference. It's such a weird year with COVID, you know, we're, we're snapping in Whitworth and who is that other one? The, the Yellowstone, Dickinson State and the Yellowstone something or other, you know, the Yellowstone Club Conference School. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, we're at a point where normally we're just opening conference play and now we're four in. And the other thing you think about, like, I, I like Luke's optimism here too. And while it's frustrating as hell to lose two games to Southern Utah by one point and then Northern Colorado by two points. Um, the way the big sky tournament with the neutral site works is what is it? Is it the top four or five get a buy? So outside of a little bit of, you know, positioning with, you know, who you'd match up against, you finish in the top three or four, you know, home court advantage isn't there anymore. So um, that's gotta be, that's gotta be the, hopefully the way this is going, just the long game, you know, get a hot streak going. We've got two games against NAU like tomorrow night. And then what, two nights after. And it's like, if, if that can like kind of be the spark to get it going, then I'll feel more hopeful. But if we continue to see more of these, you know, eight point leads with two minutes to go turn into a one point loss. It's just, yeah. So yeah, it'll be a fascinating turning point in the next few weeks ahead. Yeah, NAU has two conference wins, both against Idaho. So 
Idaho sucks though. So yeah. Right, yeah. So we, you know, if, uh, if, club. if I'm buying stock right now, you know, the the night before the Grizzlies play NAU at home, if we don't win tomorrow, it's that you know I might be eating these words, but I think we win tomorrow. And Saturday. feels like we should, but it's interesting that it's like they can take Arizona of the Pac-12 to the wire, beat UW of the Pac-12 and play the same games against Southern Utah and Northern Colorado. It's like, I think it goes back to Luke's point. It's like, it's like learning how to close, but I'm yeah. definitely still optimistic about the team. And remember too, like Travis's first two years here, that was kind of the issue that those teams had too. I still remember the, you know, conference tournament game against Eastern Washington and we had a six point lead with a minute to go. And then next thing we're watching, I, I'll butcher the guy's name, Jenky Voice, jump up and down on the bear in the middle because we blew a six-point lead with a minute to go. I mean, it's kind of reverting to some of the stuff. And I think team chemistry is a big issue too because none of the, hardly any of these guys, these guys this year had played a game on, together on the same court against a different opponent. So, yeah. Um, it seems like Stedman, we all kind of expected him to be – an immediate like all conference star and he's a great player, but he seems like he's taking a little bit of time to find his footing. Um, but maybe that's not fair because again, there's a lot of freshmen on this team. Like it's actually a young team. Yeah, it is. It is. And I mean, just, and that'll be a good thing moving forward, you know? And I think Mike, you've talked about this. Uh, yeah. Just this team just doesn't have that. Like, <clears throat> Saeed or the Rory, just the guy that could just take over. And that, and it, it's a sign of the youth. And maybe that'll develop into this year, hopefully. Um, I don't know. Do you think it'd be Stedman or who do you think it might be, Mike? The kind of, I think it's probably Stedman based on his age, but you know, Whitney, as he's someone to be excited about him. He's a young guy that seems like he's going to be a good player. I would love to see um, who's the guy. I'm blank as uh, Vasquez. If he can just kind of, I, I don't think he's like a takeover guy, but I think the perimeter guy, right? Like the the demoralizing three pointer when needed. And he's he's had a few of those <laughs> that so far that obviously didn't, you know, in some of those Southern Utah games. But I, I like I like the path that he's on. I'm excited for that kid. You know, and they've got some guys like Josh Bannon. The he's freshman, but you know, he's he's kind of climbing up the big sky leaderboard and rebounds as he kind of finds his his uh footing. He's had a couple double doubles. And it's like he's a freshman. So it's like, you know, if we can get somebody like that established, you know, that's great. But we struggle with the same things we always struggle with. And that's we don't really have a true like big man, big man, yeah. and we don't have a true scorer. And when Travis DeKeer's teams in his era are good it's because we're just so much more talented than everybody that he can run his system yeah. and it doesn't care if the other team matches up or not because we're better than them but you know for better or worse and coaches would say it's probably for better but you know ignorant fans like myself are like oh my god we stick to our system whether we've got the right matchups or not i think that's probably what stung us a little bit in these first few games but the reality is to kind of luke's point that's probably good for the long term because it's probably Travis kind of saying like, no, we're going to take our lumps because by the end of the year, 
these guys are going to be playing the system that I know can win big sky conference championships. Yep. And we've also seen some stuff too, right? Like Mac Anderson and Derek Carter Hollinger have missed some games, right? Haven't they both yep. missed a couple games? And I mean, yep. I think both those two, I thought kind of brought that attitude and swagger to the team, that kind of confidence that you need on the, on the court. And they, we haven't seen a whole lot of them. If my memory serves correct. Carter Hollinger's only played in two games and yeah. uh, he was the freshman of the year last year. In the big yep. It's a big deal. Um, it feels like this team is better at the free throw line than any team I can remember on the Grizz for a while. Uh, yeah. Robbie Beasley, another freshman's 18 for 18, which is just great. Last name. Fantastic. What's <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know. Oh, you got you cut out there for a second. Sorry about no, that. I just I'm I'm just saying I don't know what I don't know what to make of it. We'll just have to see how it goes. I mean, the nice thing, I mean, two games against NAU, I, it'll it'll show us if this team's going in the right direction or not, right? Yeah. Tune yeah. in tomorrow, five o'clock, Pluto. Um, uh, and SWX Thursdays on SWX. Oh, nice. Yeah. There we go. Anything and- else basketball related, guys? You know, only other quick plug that I just throw in there, and I know I think uh, just Lady Grizz continue to just impress me with the the hand that they were dealt for this season. Um, And, you know, I don't think anyone expected much out of them. And so far, uh, I'm trying to look real quickly. I think they're just – they're just – one and one in conference, aren't they? We we've had a couple conference games get canceled. Mm-hmm. But Northern Colorado and then lost the next game. Yeah, but I mean in overtime and it was a hell of a hard fought game. And uh I just I I, I just gotta say Coach Petrino with with the way basically just what they've been putting forth on the court so far. I think I think a lot of people probably just maybe wrote the season off. You know, you put COVID, interim coach, loss of a lot of girls. What's it going to look like? And um, I mean, I think I think they're doing great. It's actually uh, it's encouraging to see. So uh, fascinating to see how the rest of the season plays out because obviously Coach Petrino is auditioning for an an actual job and get the interim tag lifted. And I think if they continue on this path, probably will happen. So, yeah. and that's the big question. Cause you know, are they better than they were last year or is it just who they've played? Cause you know, they, last year, they had some wins over teams. It's like, okay, you know, that's a legitimate win. And then there were some times where people were frustrated, um, you know, so it's like, can they take that next step? And, you know, it seems so far, it seems like, it seems like he's got them in a good place. Seems like um, it, which is which is good. Yep, they've had a handful of cancellations, but again, they've got some NAU and Sac State games, and then Cat games coming up. So it will be interesting to see. Um, or we just dealing with with a team that's kind of, you know, falling on some advantage of some canceled games and catching a few teams on their heels, or are they really, you know, playing this type of basketball we've seen so far? So excited to see how that goes. I like it. All right. Um, so maybe to the bigger question that's going on right now, is there going to be a spring season? Ooh. Here's an interesting um, just sort of subplot in the history of college athletics. Right now, UM and a ton of other schools across the country are trying to hold all of their sports simultaneously in the spring. 
Like all of the fall sports that were canceled are now trying to roll out seasons in the spring. Like what a hectic time to be a staff member, uh, athletic director in athletics, right? Like logistically insane. So if we pull this off, I don't know, man. Like it's going to be sick. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's, it's going to be fast. I, that's an interesting point, Luke. I mean, you know, weight room, uh, trainers, all that stuff, right? Like, and then especially in the times of COVID, it's you can't just pack 300 student athletes into one spot and be like, hey, you know, figure it out. Covering events like Eric Tabor's, he's going to need an extra five hands to tweet everything, right? Like, <laughs> It is interesting because it's like, they, you know, they split duties on seasons and stuff like that, but I don't know. Man, I, I, I'm so torn because it's – if they do have a season and they play home games and we can't go to them, what are we going to do? Well, I mean, <clears throat> so obviously it's the, it's the 13th of January, and we saw news today that there was a lift, uh, at least statewide – from the governor's office on some gathering size and other things as it came to COVID. Um, of course, as we, a lot of us, the three of us know, and many of our listeners know, Missoula County's health department has continued to um, state that they're going to uphold their own rules. And so there's the whole COVID health side of it. And then, you know, what, if something comes out of Helena, whether, but again, we've talked about this before, even if it was wide, wide open, um, there'd probably be an excess of half of the fan base that still won't come to the game out of just wanting to be safe, which is, which totally is fine. Cause I think that in a stadium that seats 26,000, they could do 7,500 fans and charge a hundred plus bucks a ticket. <laughs> probably. I mean, I, I think they could. Let's yeah. go. Slow, let's go slower for people who are dumb. And I'm pointing <laughs> at myself. <laughs> so to the listeners. So you're saying that like, um, Governor Gianforte could yeah. say there are no uh, mask requirements, let's say. Like, for just pretend it's like 2015, right? But at the moment, the county health departments have jurisdiction, the ultimate jurisdiction, and they then could maybe. Say, Sorry, uh, in our county, we're going to do things differently. But the state legislature, uh, which is now in session, they could come from the top rope with a new law that would limit like the Missoula or the, the county's abilities to say, we're gonna go our own way. Is this, is this the, the to and fro? What am I missing here? I think that's a possibility. I, I think side note, I, I think that's a very likely law bill to go through the legislature whether it has anything to do with Chris football or not um but the interesting thing is in somewhere in state law there's something that talks about state entities such as the university system are not subject to local municipality rules mm-hmm. now i don't believe that that applies to health department rules nor do i think that anyone's tested it nor do I think that the university is really eager to like challenge the Missoula County Health Department. It doesn't seem likely, but it is interesting to me because I do think the university system could maybe play a card there and say, 
you don't control us. Like we're a, we're a sovereign entity around your municipality. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I can't see, and I'm not even talking about like local leadership, like um, presidents, uh, Cruzado and Bodner bucking that. I, I just don't see it, the will at the level of the office of the commissioner of higher ed. Like, yeah. And again, those are all hypotheticals. I don't like that's, I'm not saying that I think that happened, but it's that's just interesting. interesting to me because what if you have a situation where Gallatin County says it's okay for MSU to have fans, but Missoula County says no. Ah, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I, 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 think, answer. That's... I think the universities policy wise are in lockstep. Like, yeah, we've seen it with our scheduling in the times of COVID, and you know, like, we're whatever one school does, the other one. Uh, does and it's it's coordinated. So I think. So that, you, you think we've acquiesced to the leadership of President Guzzato and we're all on the same page now under her leadership? Michael, you know that's not what I said. <laughs> I'm oh, just man, I'm President just interpreting Guzzato. for the people. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying that there's coordination and partnership funneling out of Helena in the office of the Commissioner of Higher Ed. I think that everyone's on the same page with things from like our idiosyncratic starts and ends of the semester and how none of us are doing a spring break and we're just kind of sprinkling these off days throughout like it's a it's a it's a mirror image but it's a whole new world you know 16 years of one party controlling governorship has changed how much longer is the person who's the the commissioner of higher education going to be the commissioner depends on uh viva la revolution yeah (laughs) fair enough (laughs) Oh man, um, I think the the Grizz play football this season. If there's if we can have fans, if either the Missoula County Health Department allows it, or you know the legislature comes from the top ropes, but if we can get butts in the seats, uh, we're going to be seeing football. So, and I think I think one thing that's also good to <clears throat> to just point out here is I'm pretty sure I've shared this before, but um, like I think a lot of people, Missoula County Health Department in Missoula County is definitely the punching bag, or in a lot of situations, especially when it comes to sports. Um, but fascinatingly enough, I recall in the summer when I at the um, GSA golf scramble met the new individual that was in charge of season ticket renewals, and so in the summer when things were looking, you know, still kind of like positive and the Grizz were still prepping for a fall season. Uh, I asked him how many people renewed their, of the 18,000 ish that renewed their season tickets were, and it was 6,000 approximately. And so it's like, even in the face of what looked like, okay, news, um, based upon what I'm told, that's about half of what they need on a regular basis to get in. So obviously, you know, it's like, I think there's this belief sometimes that you see, it's like, oh, if the health department just lifted regulations, you know, you know, there'd be 25,000 people there, things would be fine. But I think obviously like, you know, two thirds ish of Grizz fans had already opted out of the season. And it could be for a lot of reasons. It could be just concerned about, you know, COVID, which is probably the large one. It could be, 
you know, economic issues or otherwise. And then of course you also add in, um, I don't know, this winter has been weird so far, but uh, more than half our season ticket holders don't live in Missoula County. And so how many people are going to be traveling and, and then just the added kind of, you know, all the what ifs and the other things like that in March and April, when it's usually the roads aren't the most fun, especially the interstates and highways. So a lot of factors um, that I think could impact it as well. But I think you're right, Luke. Like you, what my understanding is, is about 12,500 to 13,000 is the, like the break even, like they can scrape this season, the spring season by with that many people there. Interesting. That seems like a high number in my mind of what realistically they can ever hope for. Yeah, I had uh, previously, again, summer headed into fall. What I was being told was there were plans in place that they felt like they could make it work, but there was other things that was making it challenging as well, too, uh, because it's, it's, it's ingress, egress, it's uh, food and drink, it's bathroom use. It's just more than just like people in the stadium. There's a lot of logistics to think about. And the other thing that was really hanging, uh, hanging up in terms of the game day was the number of people that could be on the actual football field itself. And at the time of the fall, it was a hundred total, which would include referees, both teams, coaches, trainers, staff, everything, a hundred total, which isn't even one sideline. So but that's uh, just so obnoxious. Like, I mean, I, 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 anybody who knows me knows I've taken this really seriously, but a hundred total, like they're on different sidelines that are literally <laughs> 50 yards apart. Yeah. You know, it's, I, it's like, I get that there are serious problems with the guys on that, but it's like, Pretending that somehow the two sidelines are going to infect each other is the reason that people don't take this seriously. Well, like, I, there's yeah. got to be some level of rational thinking in this. And I think I think a thing that helps is now we've got uh, a lot of evidence of best practice uh, and worst practice from both uh, FBS and the National Football League. So the, I think the thing that can circumvent a lot of that is I would hope that we've got a, a roadmap on what works and what doesn't because like James, we talked about when we opened, we just had a college football final. We're headed to, we've got the first round playoffs of the NFL. Like you can, you can play football in time of COVID. You just have to have practices built around it. Yeah. Yep. And I, I'm not, I bet all of these like hypothetical parameters uh, from the fall, like we don't have that level of scrutiny if we play football this spring. So like those parameters are out the window for the most part. So, I mean, like circling back, like odds, I've, I've said this before, but I, you know, I, my understanding was team reported on the sixth to begin workouts and treat it like, you know, fall, fall camp or whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, Going into it, I've thought like five to ten percent. I honestly think, as the weeks go by, the odds go up because our first game's what Flagstaff, right? We got to go to NAU or where we got to go? We got to go somewhere. Oh, it's it's closer, isn't it? I can't. I got. No, you're right. It's Flagstaff. That's Flagstaff. First one's Flagstaff. Yep. You got chart. You got to charter a flight. Like we're not just calling Beach and getting or, or Tucker and getting a bus. Like you know, we're, we, you got to charter a flight to get down there. So it's like there's there's going to be things that like like big ticket things that need to start happening and obviously 
you also hear the the NCAA requirements on COVID testing is, is a real big hang up there. So, you know, what the plan is with that. But I, I think the further they get into this the, down the road without pulling the plug, it's going to seem like uh, it's probably – I think the odds are growing. I feel like right now I'm in that kind of 20 to 25% chance of happening. I'm still pretty doubtful, but we just saw Indiana state canceled yesterday. Uh, as we know, Sac state said they were out in the fall. Uh, but, but the big question I think is going to be if the conference kind of hangs together for the spring, because I think I could see schools also if suddenly Portland Eastern, you know, um, Davis, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, I'll pull the plug because they won't have fans anyways, and they might not have state support either this spring if, you know, we just piggyback on because it's the easy thing to do then. I mean, that's what people said before, and they were just waiting for someone else to go first so they didn't have to be the bad guy. Well, Sack already went. Someone went first. Sack, yeah. like, in um, November. <laughs> but I do think there's the interesting balance of, like, Brent, I think you said this in kind of a recap of the QB club meeting, but it there's an interesting balance of like, do they like the coaches kind of recognize that springs a pain from the injury standpoint, which you've been saying forever versus like, we've got all these guys, some of them transfers who have been here for over a year and haven't got to play a game. And if we don't play a game in the spring, do you lose some of these guys over the summer? Cause they just like, they've, they've just moved on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, it's, it's a fascinating balance because you know, I would, my guess uh, is well, I, I, I should back that up. I, I, we have I, we've heard directly, um, you know, it, if the games are there, they're going to play. They want to play. They want to play for something that you know, if they can play for a championship, this is the goal. Um, and so, but it's like there's that that balance. Like, if, if put yourself in Bobby Hawk's shoes. Like, if you, uh, I mean, <laughs> you look at Marcus Knight, Sammy Kim, Cam Humphrey. Uh, just on the, on the offensive side of the ball, um, do you want to lose one of these guys for your fall season uh, in a shortened, potentially meaningless spring season? I mean, hell no, of course not. So, but then on the flip side is like, you've got, like, we've got all sorts of transfer guys and new guys and, and, and some guys that are ready to start. <clears throat> and we just got to throw them on the shelf again. And you could lose the whole team. Cause I mean, they got the chair pulled out from under them uh, in the fall. I think we canceled what two weeks, two and a half weeks before this. No, 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 no. It was a little further. It was a little. I mean, further. we weren't gonna play. Like anyway. anybody pretending we were gonna play. Yeah. But you know, I, I think I don't know. It, it seemed to me like some of the reactions, player reactions that you saw on Twitter, kind of felt like I think some of the guys really thought they were gonna still play in the fall. And then uh, you know, and then it's like, so you know, now it's like, okay, well, you're back. You're in school. The semester's going. Let's just keep doing workouts. We'll figure out an alternate plan. We'll maybe do some scrimmages or whatever. But it's like if you're like two weeks out or a week in, and you're doing film on NAU and you're getting ready to get on the plane and you're doing all this other stuff, and then just be like, oh, hey, sorry guys, we're not doing it again. I mean, oh my god, team morale is going to be in the gutter. Uh, it's it's yeah. a tough. tough and time. that's the thing about this. Exactly, you're right. It's like. The longer this goes, it's not just like, oh, the UM is playing the long game. It's like, those players think they're playing. So, um, I, heard, I, don't know. Uh, I heard the presidents in the Big Sky Conference uh, met at five tonight. So, we might get more clarity. Oh, uh, interesting. For the next couple of days 
on what is going to happen with I think all sports, all fall sports set to play this spring. So we had a we had a big debate in the the often obnoxious Twitter message thread amongst the Big Sky Podcast Network, which is the guys that host all kinds of podcasts, the EW guys, the Idaho guys, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, a lot of them seem to think that the, the fall season was all or nothing. And I maintain, and, and I don't care what you guys think, um, but I maintain that if MSU or UM had wanted to play, they would have told the Big Sky Conference, no, we're playing a non-conference game and they could have done it. Um, but some of those guys think that, no, the presidents all voted and said, we're not, we're all not playing all together. So the Big Sky said no, or we would have played. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> Luke, you're looking very pensive there. Yeah, no, I I think you're right, Mike. I I don't think um, UM and MSU would have like bucked the conference on that. Um, but if they chose to, if you had different personalities, you know, like if George Dennison was the president, um, no one told George what to do, right? Like yeah. we would have played that game. See, that was my, my thing is like, we didn't play because we didn't want to. Like, I really think that, that UM or MSU, if they had wanted to play, who was going to stop them? What were we going to do? Punish MSU for playing a non-conference game? And it's just, you just, you just couldn't play it, to be honest. Like, yeah, it, the optics would have been horrible. Like it, we were in a different spot as a country on like our understanding and fear of what, what could be at that moment. But yeah. like, but no one's demonizing North Dakota State for playing a handful of games in the fall. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. <laughs> Maybe they are in South Dakota. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like North Dakota is different. Like the Dakotas are completely different. They had Sturgis and gave like 250,000 people COVID from that event. So, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know that the Dakotas are without sin in this epidemic, but. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Point taken. Well, I, Luke, so, did you say what you think your odds are? Of- Season happening? I would. I, I still think it's likely that we see Eastern Washington and Cal Poly. Those are those are two teams on our schedule. Uh, say no. I think we play a game. I think it's it's more over fifty percent that we play a game. Another factor is we we don't know and probably won't know like we can't know how many of these uh players staff coaches have been vaccinated and those conversations might be going on behind closed doors you know it's a it's a HIPAA violation um to talk about it but right. you know you have to imagine their medical staff have been vaccinated Hell, some of our coaches might hit some age thresholds. <laughs> well, and, and how many of those players have already had it? Let's just put that out there because more than a couple of them have. Right. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I, I kind of think we're going to see a game of some sort this spring. I'm not sure if it's if if it's a march to a championship or a playoff. It'll yeah. probably depend on how many teams we have participate. But you know, I mean, I wouldn't hate something like you look at if the season goes away, but we can still do something like Eastern Idaho, Montana State. All of us are within busing distance. And uh, can we put something – and it's like we're all <clears throat> rivals within each other of some sort, one way or the other. Like, can we put something together where it's just, yeah, like a rotating, you know, play a game in March, play a game in April, play a game in, in May and call it good, you know, something like that. I, I'd love to see some real football against a, a different opponent than, you know, hey, offense versus defense. You guys might know, but if they're – if they do something kind of like that, um, exhibition style of sorts, but there can't be fans, um, what are the drone laws? Could we just buy a drone and fly that over and just like, like stream it to to Mike's basement? <laughs> we should uh, we should get someone to sit on Mount Sentinel with like a telephoto lens and just broadcast it. Come on, Luke. Speaking interns. This <laughs> fan pod interns. <laughs> I can't be a part of that application process. I'm just... <laughs> Put it on Twitch or something, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. I. I like. I want to see football because, as we, you know, like all of us, we want to get back to normal, and I think football is like Chris football is like a big thing for a lot of us in Montana. It's like Grizz football concerts and just being able to do things in groups outdoors and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, and, and, you know, in, in theory, based upon the current vaccine rollout schedule, the first home game is March 13th. And that will be at about the point where you're kind of beyond the tier of, I guess you could say the highest need when it comes to healthcare, age, and frontline workers. And then you're kind of moving into that kind of next phase of, I think like Mike and I fall into that next phase where it's like housing and finance and, you know, vital business of the economy and stuff like that. So, Oh my God. <laughs> so in theory, like um, the most at risk of our population, if they so wanted the vaccine should have it by that point. So, um, but man, yeah, it's, it's just so tough to predict what this is going to look like, but I still, I still stick to the further down every day we get further down and it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the president's meeting. But like, if that comes out and they don't have any action out of it, like every day we go further forward, I more and more, I think it's happening. It's going to be interesting. So how are they going to pick the fans? Let's say that 7,500 fans are going to go. How are they picking up? QB club first. So Mike and I got to go. I hope so. <laughs> but this is my bigger question. If the, if that's the case, are we media this year? Do we go get media credentials? Yeah, we do. Yeah. I mean, we cross that threshold. We just tell them, look, look, we got to get in there. I feel like the coaches will understand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Press passes, perfect. We try our freaking darndest to get press passes. Right. <laughs> We're established media conglomerate. Good. Eric Tabor, I know you're listening to us, so put us on the press pass list. Wow. <laughs> um, 
God, that's actually, that's an interesting question. I mean, so we have 6,000 season ticket holders are new, but I would venture there probably is a requirement that a certain block percentage of students. Are I'm sure of, there is. Yeah. Right. Like it's that way with, with seating anyways. Uh, so, I mean, if you said like, let's just make up a number, right? Like, well, say they can hit their 12, five, probably 2,500 ish as students. So you're down to 10,000 or yeah, if it's, it's 8,000. You got to give two thousand students, and I believe six thousand people. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I mean, presumably you're going to have your tiers, right? Where it's going to be GSA first, presumably season ticket holders GSA, and then like they've done before, and then go with you know single game tickets beyond that. Attention. Yeah, I mean, th- we still have somewhat of a capitalism. Like you know, you pay to watch these games. The more you've paid, like the higher you are up on, on this list. So. But Mike, I, I mean, honestly, if they came out and they're like, you get three home games and it's 300 bucks, it's a hundred bucks a seat. I, yep. I'm in. I'm in too. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Luke's in, yeah, we're in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm getting that. I'm, I'm getting that uh, free money here. So like, <laughs> it's the, that, that the, Trump money down on these season tickets, Luke man. Offered stimulus Grizz football ticket fund. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, it, other just kind of interesting things. Uh, so, like variables. Um, what a weird ass winter so far. Like today was well, it was windy, like insanely windy. But like these last few days, it's been low forties. And like some of the things it's been kind of just like prepping into a spring season, we were like, oh man, there's going to be like two feet of snow. How are we? And it's, they're going to be out there at 6 30 AM and it's going to be 10 below. And then we got to go play in Flagstaff or we got to go to, you know, we got, we got a, a dome game. We're not going to, and it's like the weather for what it's worth has been helpful for the, uh, <laughs> for, for prep so far. So who knows if it'll hold, but um yeah, silver lining to getting prep at this point, at least. Silver lining for global warming. <laughs> Thanks, Brent. Woo! Hey, well, <laughs> watch, watch. You know, no snow, and then we have to cancel games in September because the, the air quality is so bad with forest fire smoke. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh no. But hey, at least we got a game. Yeah, okay. Um. Well, guys, I mean, we are, let's see, first game is February 27th. So, like, what are we? Like, we're, it's one, two, three, four. 45 days away. Like, eight weeks, yeah. I mean, like, we're, <sighs> uh, <laughs> we'll be, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like if they don't make a decision soon, but, um but like, so I think a lot of people know, obviously, the way the schedule is set up, there's three games. Uh, they try to set up marginally more temperate, although our second game's at Eastern. I don't know how Cheney Washington is in early March, but I'm going to guess it's not lush, green, and beautiful, since it never is. Um, and, uh, you know, then we got Cal Poly at home, and, the, and then, uh, then you get a week off. And what apparently the rules are is if you have a game that gets canceled due to COVID in your first three week stretch, your week off, you play a game and then three more games and then another week off 
And then I, I don't know what the hell happens after that. I guess the FCS playoffs, if they occur, but um, yeah, I mean, other just crazy variables of like, you know, both Grizz and cats have a week off before they play each other, but let's say Cal Poly cancels on us or Eastern cancels on us due to COVID and we have to play Eastern the week before at Eastern and then play the cats while they get it. I mean, sometimes it's just the way by schedules by weeks on schedules set up, but um, yeah, going to be something wild to navigate if we even do it. Man, I just, I'm not getting it. I, you know, it's, it's way too premature to like look at the roster and like imagine who's playing where, like you can easily fill in um, you know, the major contributors from last season and move them forward. But we had um, a notable loss at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. uh, Samari Torre moved on and found a new home at the University of Nebraska. Um, and good for him. Yeah. Oh, I, I hope he tears it up. That's great. Uh, so when I was, but I wanted to look at the wide receiver position group. Obviously, we return uh, all world receiver Sammy Akem. You know, Mitch Roberts is going to get some reps. Gabe Sulser is someone who we've seen play. And Mitch Roberts is going to start, Luke. He'll get more than some reps. He'll start. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, yeah. Sammy and Mitch starting. Sulser, uh, you know, probably like a slot guy as a starter. We've seen um, Keelan White get reps in the past he was a he's a redshirt freshman and then we have like Malik Flowers right who's just this incredible uh return man do we see anyone else like how are they going to fill the the Torre hole uh after we kind of account for Solcer, Akam and Roberts well I think a healthy Akam is a big part of it because he was kind of you know down the part of the season and going into the year, you would have said a chem was the better of the two receivers. Um, so it's like, I think we've got, we, I mean, we had two legitimate, like top of the big sky, number one receivers, but there's a lot of talent in that wide receiver room. So, I mean, one of the problems going into the year was we had more talent than we had reps. And of course that's going to translate to actual production, but it seems like, it seems like we're in a good spot on that front. You know, I would I would say um, I almost wonder if they will. I mean, obviously, I, I, I know the coaches definitely feel like they've got position depth across all points here where they they feel like they really like the way things are shaken out. But we've heard this time and time again. Um, Bobby really doesn't want true freshman, redshirt freshman or hardly even sophomores unless they are special talent. Uh, being major contributors, and so you you like take you take Toure out of it, and you've got Salser who's a junior, you've got Sammy as a redshirt senior, and Malik as a redshirt junior. Um, <clears throat> I'm seeing uh, maybe I missed this news. Max Gardner, a junior from Washington, is this a newer guy? They don't even have a picture of the guy. He's wearing number forty-eight as a wide receiver. Um, whoever Max is, and then Mitch Roberts is a junior. And then Danny Burton, who's um, a senior. And then after that, it's like all 
like true freshman and one redshirt freshman, the tall kid. Uh, oh, well, there's Keelan Wright white as a redshirt freshman. And then um, uh, Simpson kid, uh, the six, six, six kid out of Bozeman. So um, I don't know. Uh, like they've got the dudes, right. But if, you know, if there's a little bit of attrition or I, I would love to see like what white can do, or if Simpson can make some steps or, or just, Give Flowers like a like get the ball in his hands like he just like he's he's more than just a kick returner he has to be so I, I really hope they can work him more into the game because I have to believe he's more than just a return man. Then at, at tight end we've got like Rensvold and Deming who you know are solid there. Um, offensive line you know Dylan Cook, uh, Colton Kynes, Moses Mallory, Conlon Beaver these are all uh, people that. I've played a bunch and started. Who's our Who's our fifth guy in that on that list? Who's going to round out the O line? Well, so you know, th- halfway through the year, we had that, uh, and I, 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 I think some of his family members follow me on Twitter, so I feel like an ass butchering the name. Uh, is it Ganon? 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 Um, Ganon. Gnown? I don't know. I'm so bad with that. I mean, because Sermon was the only guy we lost to as our center, but then we had that the Juco kid Pillins, mm-hmm. yeah, Mo Mallory, and then Gnown. So I, I feel like the guys are there, and I'm going to guess that it's just going to be who snaps the ball better is going to move to center would be my guess. So who'd you say? What, do you have Beaver in there? Yeah, yeah Beaver, Beaver yeah. tackle. Beaver, Beaver, and uh, Cook is the two tackles, right? Yeah, and the Kites maybe moved in the guard. No, I, I mean I think our guards are going to be Mo Mallory, and then either Cordell Pillins or my guess would be or the uh, this Ganown kid who. No, I, I guess I'm saying that I heard that Kites was taking snaps at guard. Oh, cool. Okay. I don't know if that's just kind of like a uh, get everybody to be flexible sort of thing. Gotcha. But, um, I had heard that. Ah, understood. Okay. You should get the media. Oh, uh, Ganung. Ganung is how you pronounce it. You were close, you know. That was close. One of the seven times. Okay, now. You know, uh, one name not to gloss over and skip at tight end as well, Luke, is Cole Grossman, who is mm-hmm. there. And my, I, Grant, we couldn't watch much of spring ball, but that kid is an athletic freak. It's like uh, Gronkowski-esque dominance. And so in Bobby's system, you got to block, you got to do a lot of other things. So can he, can that translate? Cause if so, that is a big weapon in the middle of the field. And we've seen Joey Elwell fill some holes and catch some TDs. Yep. We're, we're deep there. Yeah. I think, I think this season could be the season where the, the, tight end position might be like, you know, have a top two or three guy in terms of catches and probably have multiple guys with four plus touchdowns. Um, I, I don't know about the spring season, but into the fall, I think tight end is going to be a big time contributor in this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to say that the uh, Twitter question you put out about uh, uh, our basketball position is getting some comments. Oh, nice. <laughs> like a bunch of weird ones. I'm like Googling who the hell these people are. <laughs> um, Should we move to some questions? or do we have more- I, I have one question for you on football, but then, yeah, let's move to questions because, I, I mean, I don't think we want to dwell on this. So if we play 
and they play out and there's a playoff, right? Yeah. Is and someone wins the national championship. Is it a legitimate national championship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. Oh yeah. Okay. Unless the cats win it, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, unless the cats win it, fuck them. But me too. I mean, like I, my opinion is, if it's a season that North Dakota State was in, it is a legitimate season because <laughs> it's like whoever you know, somebody has to dethrone them. And if it happens in this weird season, then it happens in this weird season. But it's interesting. I mean, I think the Grizz have a real chance if they can take care of Eastern Washington on the road. It's a, it's an interesting spring schedule, but I also think there's not much room for error because there's not as many teams getting in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's, and that's the other kind of what it's, it's down, it's back to a 16 team playoff. Uh, But there are a few conferences not eligible or not playing. So it's like maybe some of those teams that don't belong aren't in there. So maybe it's a wash, but. Yeah, that, that'd be good because I, yeah, it, it seems like, especially with a smaller playoff like this, you almost want like the FCS power five that gets, that gets one in and everyone else is at large just because, you know, whoever wins the friggin' pioneer doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs anyways, especially a, a smaller field. You know what I want to happen? Like this is a 15 second aside. We need the Grizzlies to host a playoff game against Jackson state <laughs> Southwest Athletic Conference. Because did you see who their coach is? It's Deion Sanders. It's Deion Sanders. Yeah, but did you see his whole staff they put together? Yeah, yeah. If they can keep all, if they can keep all these people interested in coaching at Jackson State, they might be a force in a few years. I, I mean, it is crazy. The, what the? I mean, because it's basically they just got like a bunch of like. They got um, – wasn't I seeing they got, like, some other, like, major name guys that are – Yeah, they uh, got some dropdowns and some legit, like, multi-star they, recruits. Did they have, like, a four-star recruit, like, decommit from, like, Miami or something and say he's going there? I mean, yeah, something, something like that. Now, they're in the SWAC, right? So they won't play in the playoffs, right? No, they don't. Which no. is going to be annoying because they're going to be talented and it's going to be one of those things where – they could win it if they were in it, but they're not in it. You know, uh, it's kind of like North Dakota State when they weren't eligible for the playoffs in their transition years. Do you remember those, Brent? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I don't know enough about it. It's probably worth researching and then posting later, but can the the, the, the SWAC, SWAC winner, can they opt out of the classic game that they – their bowl game that they play and opt to the playoffs? I remember people were talking about grambling. When I, I think that. they can. But most of them don't. But what's interesting is there's one of the schools is left to join a conference and be the playoffs. A and T, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, it'll give us some damn content this spring, right? <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> and then, uh, if it all goes together, are we uh, going to go as a group April third to Moscow? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it seems like them not having an outdoor stadium is to their disadvantage, but it is Idaho, so they could probably have full capacity. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, let's see. We want to hop over to questions here? Let's do it. Okay, let's see. I have – good old Eager is up, so let's just hit refresh here and we'll fire into this. Uh, okay, so 
Uh, I'm going to do CDA's questions last because he asked one and he kind of got sh- torn apart for it because it was a, kind of a weird question. And then he asked another one. So I'm going to come back to it. Uh, so Grizz Till I Die, we've kind of talked on this, asked um, some of the questions about viability of spring and what minimum it would take. I think we covered that pretty good. Um, does, does anyone actually want the spring to happen if it could? What do you guys think? Like, if it could, do you want it to happen? I think if it could, people do want it to happen. I think the risks are legitimate in like the lots of games in one year and the injury and stuff like that. But I think people want to play. Yeah. You know, I want to see, I want to see some ball. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just me being a selfish fan, but I'd love to see it. But it's not going to end my world if it's candy, you know? Yeah. Let's, I'm ready for some football. Yeah. And for the players. All right. So CDA does plead that his question was uh, shitty and should not be. Uh, um, basically, it was like, would you, if OJ was like a high school kid now and wanted to come play for the Grizz, but you knew what his future turned into, would you still bring him in? Absolutely. Because you can say that we're going to try and, and change the future by better mentoring him. Like, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So people are like, innocent. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> Guys, Luke just dropped the court of law. Found him innocent. Oh my god! On. <laughs> just a mat, like yeah, by a jury of his peers. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, so so CDA then uh, redirected, and so here's here's and this is a five part question. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I got, I got, I got like the full screen up here. I want to make sure I see it. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. Gun to your head uh, to save your life. You have to choose either Bobby Houck or Jeff Choate to complete each one of the following tasks. You can pick either for each. So you don't have to pick one for all five. Okay. First task, make a 10 foot putt on the first attempt. Bobby or Choate? Who are you taking? Bobby. Bobby. Sam. Run to Helena. Hauk runs from Missoula. Choate runs from Bozeman. Bobby. Choate is not a runner. Have you nope. seen that man? Yeah. And Bobby's a better athlete. That's why I picked the, him for the putting. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say Bobby, but I do think it was funny. Remember when Bobby was first hired and they ran that article about him running to practice? And then Mike, you and I went to that practice and he – Got in his truck and drove. definitely drove. Like the, <laughs> the myth of Bobby Howell is, is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. All right. We're getting a little weird now. Eat 20 spicy garlic wings from Buffalo Wild Wings in under six minutes, flats, not drumsticks. So I think that you this is a trick question because people want to say Choate because he's a bigger dude, and it's probably the right answer. And how probably is one of those like my body is my temple guys. But I, it doesn't seem like he's going to back down from a challenge. So I don't know. Hmm. Um, how many wings? 20. 20 in how many minutes? Six. Here's So CDA, like, I love your questions. Here's my problem. This is about, like, who can tolerate spice. Because the volume per minute is, an impressive, is, an, is not an impressive amount. Like... Who handles spice better? The toughest guy. That's Bobby Houck. 
but if it was a volume issue, right? Like who could like Joey Chestnut versus like Kobayashi, like <laughs> some wings, then you really have to balance like Choate appears to be a better eater. Is Bobby's like competitive drive big enough to uh, overcome maybe some physical limitations? But then, you know, Kobayashi's a little man and he can stuff some wings. So maybe <laughs> maybe Bobby has like a, an advantage here. I don't know, but I'm going to pick Hauk. Fuck that. Show it doesn't work. All right. I don't know. I, this one I don't know because, I mean, I could actually see both of them finishing at the exact same time and then demanding 20 more wings and seeing how far they <laughs> until one of them throws up. Yeah, uh, and they keep going even though they're dying because it's like, I have to beat you. Yeah. You know, the other thing, I don't know if spicy garlic buffalo oil wings are that spicy. I mean, they're good. It's not that they're not good, but they're not like, you know, they're not like the ones that make you hate everything the next day. Uh, okay, question number four. The score over 1,200 on the SAT. <laughs> Do you think either? I don't know. I don't want to call either of the coaches dumb. Bobby wins this one. So you think so? Because Chote's built this whole, like, I'm an intellectual thing that the cat fans just eat up with spoons. <laughs> um yeah, well, being like a smart cat fan is like being valedictorian at summer school. Like, come on now. I think I think Hauk is true is like a super intelligent guy. He fakes it though. He like, you know, whenever in a in an interview someone says, uh, like uses a big word, he's like, "Oh, I'm just a football coach. I don't know what that word means." Like, I've but he absolutely knows what that word means five times it just gives him an extra second to think about an answer mm -hmm. um okay uh, okay i i like where you're going i think you've convinced me i think it's out the last time you changed my position on this show um the grizz got destroyed by the cats so it's probably chilled a beautiful soundbite <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna win i'll go with shout i don't even know I don't know. Uh, all right, last question then is bull over 170. I'm going to go with Choke. Don't you think that he's like the guy that is a like like ringer stealth bowler? It's like, hey guys, you want to go bowling? That's just have a couple of pitchers of beers. I'm just I don't, you know, I'm not any good at it. And then you get there and it's like he's got his own ball in his trunk for some reason and it's like pulls out his own shoes and he's like what what the fuck is happening okay. i like that <laughs> going with this way <laughs> one pin but he does have his own shoes and he's got his own ball you know what i mean like bobby hasn't bowled in 25 years but he only loses by one pin yeah <laughs> puts it out there like i'm close yeah, and then and then the the Grizz have won four or five of these exhibitions, and they like celebrate endlessly their one win there. <laughs> oh, sh raise a banner! All right, uh, that, that's pretty much most of the egress stuff. Uh, Mike, do you have Twitter up, or do you want me to get it open? I've got Twitter up. Okay, so our buddy Chris Hammond um, from Tubbs the Club, the Idaho Fan Podcast. Um, how many teams need to play for spring FCS to make sense? 
And then the follow-up is how many teams need to play for a big sky spring season makes sense. So my opinion on this is that it's probably not as many as we realize, as long as there's a couple conferences that play. And I think it hinges on, on the Missouri Valley and more importantly, North Dakota state. If North Dakota state for some reason doesn't play, I don't think spring happens because I think a lot of teams will be like, it's not worth the effort and people are going to say we're not legitimate, but if North Dakota state plays, you have a chance to beat the best and it makes the season legitimate. And to that end, if only North Dakota state, or excuse me, if only the Missouri Valley and the big sky played, you know, then that's what it is. Now, the reality is that you need more. It's like you need 50% of the teams for it to apparently be a legitimate season or something like that. Um, but I don't think it's as many as people think. And as far as the big sky, in my opinion, um, seven, like what are the six weeks, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think we need 35 or whatever it is we have. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually thought like, well, a little over half of our conference, you know, would count. So yeah, like seven. And, you know, I could see the, the California schools opting out just like politically and stuff. Financially, it doesn't make a lot of sense, perhaps. And I could see like some of the Missouri Valley, like the small, low budget schools, like UT Martin and like Western Illinois, like them folding up shop but if you get most of every of like three or four conferences especially like you said mike big sky and in the valley like that's a that's a legit national championship brent what do you think yeah i'm i'm with you there and, and colonial so you can make sure you and i's in there right and uh i think that's our conference no, you guys in the valley oh, you and i, I apologize uh, james madison james madison, james madison. yeah um you, I mean, if we don't have a if we don't have a season, media will just dub you and I the national runner up. You're right. Even if, <laughs> even if they play three games and lose all three, they'll be like, "Oh, they were good losses, though." <laughs> put them in the top ten. Uh, <laughs> am I wrong? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, seven to eight teams in the Big Sky. I mean, seven would be great because then you'd play everybody. You'd have a true champion. I mean, mm-hmm. holy shit, that'd be amazing. I mean, it'd be great. Forever. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, but the, at this moment, the Patriot League and the Colonial Athletic Association, they're full steam ahead. And there's only like 24 I read on Sam Herter, at Sam Herter FCS. Um, he, he said today that there was, or maybe it was yesterday, 24 teams across FCS are out. 103 are in at this moment so i mean if you've got over 75 percent of the entire country playing that's a championship yep absolutely and and, yeah okay next question our buddy uh bozeman grizz max harrison um says Choate is a good coach, but is he the luckiest cat coach ever? He's the only cat coach to get the Grizzlies during legit down stit or rebuilding Hauk years. Stit depleted the program, and Choate got a DC from a rival who wanted to embarrass his old boss. Thoughts? I don't. I don't want to take anything away from 
uh, what the cats and should have done. I think that's disrespectful. I think uh, that their first three could buy that, but last year was just freaking ass kicking. Yeah. I mean, they they might have started building their program just to beat the Grizz and then found out it's a recipe that actually works <laughs> beyond just being the best in the state. So does it? I mean. Uh, we would if we got their teams in the playoffs we would beat them I, it, this is my thing like don't get me wrong i think that cats are on a positive trajectory i think chota is a good coach i think they've done what they needed to beat the grizz i think they destroyed them last year i think the other three years it's kind of a bit of a stits the worst coach that we've had in the program in a long time and helps rebuilding from it I think that sometimes some of those facts are lost on cat fans, but the reality is that until the Grizz get their shit together and beat them, it is what it is. Bragging rights, bragging rights, and four in a row or four in a row. So, yeah, yeah that's fair. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Ugh, it's depressing. Thanks, thanks, Bozeman. Wow, wow. <laughs> um, our Kaiman buddy Jack Marshall says, "Would you rather watch twenty-four straight hours of two thousand nineteen Southern Utah football?" Or 24 straight hours of the 2020-21 Idaho men's basketball team. <laughs> oh my god. That's <laughs> basketball games would be quicker and you'd be indoors mostly, right? Oh. I don't like it. It's a terrible. I, I just think it would be terrible. too frustrating to watch the basketball. Like in football, you can at least more intellectually like uh, try to deconstruct the game and what's happening schematically. And basketball, it's just like you're so bad. You just <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a funny question, though. Man, I might. Yeah, Jack Mitchell is a good follow on Twitter for those of you. Who <laughs> Um, my answer to that is where is the red pill? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Bear Tycoon, um, fellow mint guy asks TV networks have recently been pushing for spring football. 2019 was the AAF 2020 was the XFL. Could the FCS fill that need in 2021? Seems like even a minor national TV deal could offset missing ticket revenue. Sure. It's not going to happen, but sure. I mean, Root has the rights for all the Big Sky games. I mean, like, it's a great idea, but but I, I also, I don't know. I mean, XFL last year had such a big marketing budget to kind of continue to push itself and FCS is not going to do that. So I just, I mean, maybe it's tough to, it's tough to imagine that, but. Yeah. I just don't think there's space actually. I I don't think we've hit our saturation point as a culture for football. (laughs) I think we've seen this with the NFL being sprawled out across like more days than ever and their ratings are just fine. But um, I just don't think we're first in line to fill these spots. And I just think that there's a lot of stuff, a lot of lower level college football that is on national TV. You can find it and it doesn't get good ratings anyway. 
So, so like this, I think we're fooling ourselves if we think that Montana playing Weber State is going to get enough ratings for a national network to care. Like, I don't mean to be a dick. I wish they would, but I just don't see it. Well, and, and to bring in a completely disinterested or uninvested, I should say, uh, football fan, um, it's got to be a known product on the field. So it's, that narrows the narrows it down dramatically right away. And then in a lot of college situations, like it, it's the atmosphere, it's the game, it's everything. And it's like, if, yeah, if, if it's in even a Washington Grizzly stadium and nobody's there, or if it's, you know, in Northern Colorado and nobody's there, it's, it, it's tough. sell. yeah, maybe a one-off like a matchup between like James Madison and North Dakota state. Game Probably. Yeah. A, a, a season, even a six-game season, by the end, I think they're really low ratings. And that's what happened to the XFL and the AAF, too. I mean, people tuned in the first week, but then it really trailed off. So, yeah. okay. Um, we already answered the Luke question. Um, uh, everybody's favorite running back. Excuse me. Still everyone's favorite backup running back, Schmidt-tacular Andrew Schmidt, friend of the pod. Um, says, are you guys as pumped as I am to have Deadpool in in the MCU as confirmed by Phage this week? Is that how you say that? Who are you most excited to see him interact with? Mine would be Star Lord. <laughs> I think there was some uh, follow ups too, right? Someone wanted to see him with Groot, and uh, I don't know if there were others. Who's the yeah, raccoon? Brent, I know nothing about this. So, who's the raccoon? Yeah. Rocket? Yeah. Rocket. Yeah, yeah. Jake That's says, it. I'd like to tell him Ant-Man that his daughter was better off when she thought he was dead. More <laughs> of just attacking children. Okay. I'm 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 down for whatever soundtrack comes out of this. Good point. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Frozen tube is a banger. Banger. <laughs> it slaps, guys. It just slaps. It slaps. That's what he slaps. Said. It slaps, man. I can't tell you how many times I've said that. Yeah, we should go back in the archives and pull that one out. <laughs> All right. Um, will each of us list their chance of a spring season happening? I think I'm at 70% right now. I just feel like the longer it goes, they're letting their players off. So, Damn. Okay. Well, I said 20 to 25. I'll stick with that. Okay. Luke? I'm going to say 69%. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, any word on how the games will be televised? Is Root still doing some? I can only figure out a way to do it. Brent, you, I mean, Root has the rights to Big Sky Conference games, and this wouldn't change anything, right? That's correct, yeah. So basically it's, it's the same setup as previous conference games where Root has first right, and then beyond there, the local school can kind of do its own thing or sell the game. I don't think we've seen anything where Roots can claim to games. Uh, of course, the challenge is, is if they do, as a Grizz fan, I see three that are off the board right away, Idaho, Eastern, and Cats. And so um, a majority of Grizz football will probably be on route, uh, assuming it happens. And uh, But, yeah, so they, they, they get the first shot. They have a conference. They have an agreement with the conference. Um Beyond that, then it kind of turns into the thing where, you know, the SWXs of the world can, can grab them. So, and they do a good job. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, yeah. So, no changes okay. there. All right. So, uh, longtime listener, probably number one found Luke Rounds. 
asks the most important question of the night. I'm still rocking my Christmas lights. How long into February will it be acceptable for me to keep the house lit up? Into February? March, March, Luke. The answer is March. Mike uh, never takes his down if you ask his neighbor, John. I put him on notice. I was here first. Leave those motherfucking lights up. <laughs> That's three MFers on this pod. I apologize. Hopefully, my mom doesn't listen. I took down the characters and like the yard, the yard lights, but the lights on the fences and the house are still up, and they will remain up until eventually Stacy sneaks out and unplugs my sensors, so they just don't turn on, and then I begrudgingly take them down because you know what? Darkness is depressing. So. <laughs> I uh, I think it is known uh, on here that uh, my neighbors and I rent a uh, bucket lift to get to the high points of our houses. And this year, being COVID and all, and with all Christmas events canceled, um, we uh, went a little bigger. And I've got something like a, a 80 pound, six foot in diameter wreath on the front of my house that uh, now I don't have a bucket lift because we just rented it for you know a weekend. Uh, and I don't know. I think that damn thing is going to be up there for a long time. <laughs> so um, I got everything else. And I was just showing over my shoulder here. We got lights in the backyard. And we're just, eh, screw it. Really, like really some more jobs for the Grizz Fam Pod intern. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. go I like it. Reef off my house. Yeah. Take my lights down. It's very educational. But not until March. Because you guys remember... I took my lights down begrudgingly in early March for everybody. And then two weeks later, the world shut down with COVID. So it's documented on my Facebook feed. I said, if anything bad happens, it's y'all's fault. And then something bad happened. You know, I took mine down um, just last week on the 6th, but I don't think anything weird happened on that day. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's a time. There's a time to end. All right. Jesus. If you're with us, this no one's listening anymore. Come on. There's a, yeah. yeah. This is just the three of us talking. It's like Jay and Luke and, uh, and Brandon and a few other people are going to be like, fuck yeah, that was great. Yeah. Luke listened for his shout out. So nice job, Luke. Um, <laughs> anything else, guys? Get over here. No, it's just always good to see you guys. It's good to see you guys, too. I think that we're going to get credit for having a shorter pod, but there's just not as much content right now. Watch those NAU basketball games this weekend with the Grizz. So, and I guess to summarize, I don't know if the Twitter collective really gave us a good answer on who's Kyrie, Katie, or uh, um, Harden. More to come. I think we'll see what happens in the next couple days on that front. Apparently, whoever Greggy Jurgs is says Luke is Todd McCulloch. <laughs> I'm glad Luke knows who that is. He's laughing. <laughs> Luke's a seven-foot uh, redhead from uh, Canada, so <laughs> that's something, I guess. Not wrong. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Well, if that's it, guys, if we know you, we'll see you sooner. If not, we'll see you next time we record, whenever that may be. Go Grizz. Um, I don't know.